welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths, or should I say, Dan, Oh, oh, yeah. You got we always, I take yoga every now and again. I'm so excited to talk to our guest today, but we're talking a lot about yoga today. How are you, Dan, though? So good to see you. I, I am great. It's good to be back. Uh, I, I was thinking about our guest today, and um, I'm sure you've heard the saying, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, right? And yep. I like to think I know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but I'm not good at anything other than maybe driving my wife nuts, right? But I know very, very little about our topic today. So I am looking forward to learning. Yes. And our guest is a master of yoga for sure. We have with us Alex Artimiak, and he has taught over 5,000 classes around the world, practicing the beautiful power of yoga in some of the most beautiful places in the world. He's really dedicated his life to transforming and empowering others through his personal philosophy is keep your spine long, your breath strong, and your mind on. I hope I nailed that. I love that. <laughs> and we are absolutely going to keep our breath strong because we couldn't be more honored to welcome our guest, Alex, to discuss the unlimited benefits of yoga. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yes, we can't thank you enough for joining us. And if I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but ISSA's Yoga 200 course, our registered yoga teaching course that we now have. Yay. So excited. Yay. The only certification company out there to offer a Yoga Alliance accredited course. Um, but he was a key contributor to this course. So anybody going through this course or who's interested in it, you will see this man all up and through these videos. His fingerprints are all over this. And he has, a, like I said, a huge passion for yoga and also health and wellness. But have you always had this passion, Alex, or did you discover it at some point when you started practicing yoga? Um, actually, the answer to both those questions is yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always had a passion for health and wellness. I think I started working out at the age of 15, but I was into the gym. My first introduction to yoga was, I think, like many people in the West, uh, from what I've seen as a teacher, where you go and do your workout at the gym, and then you do a yoga class almost as a supplemental thing. You're like, okay, that's going to be my stretch, my really master class in stretching after I work out. And that was exactly what happened to me too. At the age of 15, I would go and work out at the gym for an hour or so, and then I would jump into a yoga class and just kind of stretch. That was my first introduction into it. So I always had an inkling towards health and wellness, but I didn't really see it that way. I was taking care of my body, eating the right supplements. When I fast forward, maybe 10 years later, around 26, 27, uh, when I got into yoga, I'd say in a more dedicated practice where I was practicing five times a week or every day, and then I started to take the process to become a teacher, that's when things completely changed. I then realized what I was doing at the age of 15 was really just that. It was exactly what I had in mind, which is I was just stretching after I worked out. Mm -hmm. Now, yoga was opening me up in many different ways. Inherently, it wasn't even learning the philosophy in, in any uh, student-like manner. It was just doing the process started to awaken this kind of insight and this intuition within me 
that radically began to change many of my behaviors. And I, I found that very interesting. And, and that's really why I ended up dedicating myself to learning more about yoga. Because I, I tried to understand what is this process, what seemed like a physical thing, is now taking control of a very mental, emotional, experiential thing all over my life. That's awesome. Uh, and and, and uh, I resemble that remark. I know exactly what you mean. In fact, I'm playing over in my head, Erie, Colorado, community center gym where I was a member. I think I'll go take this yoga class once a week to work on my flexibility. Then you go in there and I got my butt kicked and went, okay, this is, there's, there's more to it than that. But I, I want to uh, kind of uh, expand on what you just said, because you said it, you know, it evolved and it, and it changed um, from, from being a stretching class to much more. So how has it benefited you personally or professionally and physically? What more has the practice of yoga or learning and understanding and then eventually teaching, how has that affected your life? I'd say the way that I've, I always, I looked at it before is when I was going to the gym, it was almost like I was tuning a car where I was putting in the turbocharger, I'm putting in better struts, I'm putting in better suspension. I'm putting all the parts together that can make my body work in an incredible way. What I think yoga gave me was the awareness of how to actually utilize it. It was like, when I'm working out, I'm the mechanic tuning the body. When I'm practicing yoga, I'm opening up the operations manual and I'm learning to be the driver of this vehicle. And so I'm gaining this insight, though I had a lot more uh, muscle mass or strength before I started yoga, kind of like you, I would get my butt kicked. And then I was like, how are these much smaller frame people doing these almost superhuman postures or transitions and it was just that it was it was an understanding and awareness and a way of using the body and in a much more technical um, connection of, of seeing it as this kind of whole system of move your hand this way move your shoulder this way it was it was really i think a, a relationship between my body my breath my mind and gravity that <laughs> that unfolded and then that changed the way that i actually experienced the world I think yoga awakened me to be more mindful of how I'm walking around the world. One of the biggest benefits I can say to the practice is yoga uh, allows us to, in a very safe environment, introduce our fight or flight response. That idea of getting your butt kicked, like when you're taking your first yoga classes, and this goes for anyone who's especially new to the practice or maybe gives insight to those who are more seasoned, there's moments where you're like, this is so hard. I... I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting frustrated with myself. I'm doing all those things. The yoga practice, the asana practice is a safe environment to bring in that fight or flight response to help us alter the way that we actually do respond in the end. If you can get into a challenging physical transition or posture, but then slow down your breath. So on the one hand, you're getting stimulated into fight or flight from the pose. On the other hand, you're regulating your breath to downregulate your nervous system. Once you do that enough times, it's kind of like the big movement of cold exposure. You're introducing fight or flight, but learning to stay calm amidst yeah. those circumstances. Then you go into Shavasana, which is a deeply relaxing pose, and you just drop. And then when you get back up, you're, you feel almost like unstoppable for a while, like that calming of your nervous system lingers throughout the day, which then leads you to be much more calm and responsible in moments that would probably irritate you or annoy you. Things don't bother you as much. You almost have this 
shield or this barrier of space between stimulus and, and just like those momentary reactions that we all end up later regretting. Not to say that those don't happen ever, but <laughs> you get a little bit more space. <laughs> yeah, you, you're more cognizant, right? And I love your analogy of the car. And that's absolutely dead on, I would say. Um, but I, I agree with everything that you're saying about yoga practice and how it can help us like control our reactions in life and control the way we think about things. And I think, Alex, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think one of my favorite parts about yoga practice is once you're in there, especially if you're with a good instructor who teaches you to not worry about what the person next to you is doing or the person across the room, I actually take my glasses off so I can't see anybody anyway, right? I just listen to their cues and whatever that cue means to me, I go there, right? And you stop caring about the person next to you being so, as I like to call it, bendy. Like my best friend is usually <laughs> next to me and I'm like, gosh, she's so bendy, but I can't do the stuff that she does. She is a yoga teacher, right? I can't do the stuff that she does, but I express it the way that feels good for me. And I just listen to my own body and what my body needs. Is that one of the benefits as well? Like, do you think that's what people should really be seeking out of yoga? Like, especially as you're starting? 1000%. This is a, this is a connection to yourself and there's nobody, including the instructor that can tell you what your exact experience is. As an instructor, you learn to understand the body so you can see when resistance comes up. But what's actually happening, that's for each student, each practitioner. And so as instructors, we're really holding the space for exactly what you said. I mean, I love everything you said. I've taught classes where we literally blindfold ourselves and we put earplugs in. And it's part of the yoga practice where we kind of take the senses from external and bring them into a much more internal environment. And it's remarkable how much more intuitive you get once you take away some of those distractions, because that's what it really is when you compare yourself to someone right next to you. It's just a distraction that's taking you away from like what you're actually feeling. Yeah, I love that. that uh, sorry, that, Dan, I want to ask him one more question. Yeah, like oh. bringing in cold therapies and stuff. Like that's kind of a movement and it's gaining popularity. But breath work, breath work, Alex, everybody's like, oh, you got to breathe, you box breathing and, you know, all these, the Wim Hof and all these things, they're all great, right? But yoga has been incorporating, like yoga is based on breath. That's literally the, the purpose behind yoga. Like, are you guys all over there, all the yoga instructors in the world being like, duh, we've been trying to tell you guys. <laughs> How do you feel about this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I mean, there are so many pranayamas. There's like thousands of pranayamas. And, and to be quite honest, Wim Hof actually says that everything he learned came from the yogic practice. He is, yeah. even though, and I love Wim Hof, he has simplified breath work in a way and obviously created results that that can be experienced where he can go into the cold and, and manage his stress response. Um, but he did, he's almost like Picasso, where he did learn the form and function of hundreds of different pranayama techniques, and then ultimately came up with this one technique that he felt would be much more available to the mass public. And I, and I really appreciate that about him. Having said that, yeah, yoga in my heart has always been about breath. There are moments, though, where we can get into our head and we're getting into almost like you said, like, well, what's this person next to me doing? Am I doing this right? Should I move my shoulder? Should I move my hip? And then we lose the breath. So time and time again, if we can anchor the practice in breath consciousness, you'll find that not only does that change your experience, you feel very strong. That's why, you know, those three ideas that you read off, which is to keep your spine long, to keep your breath strong, to keep your mind on, right? You need the spine to encourage the space for the lungs. You need the breath to help filter out carbon dioxide, but also just the awareness of breath is going to make you feel more intensely what's happening in the physical body. 
So yeah, I, I love that the world's kind of coming back to the yoga process, even though they're not necessarily giving it the credit that maybe it's due. I think yoga is beautiful that way. Is it has its tendrils in like every part of the wellness movement. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a new one. Jenny No Bendy. Jenny No <laughs> so Bendy. So true. Yeah. I did. Oh, Alex, you would have been proud of me. I was doing uh, some shoulder work and back work today at the gym, and I did down dog in between my poses, and I really pressed my heels down, and I was pressing through my shoulders, yeah. and through my, my fingers. It was great. I was doing all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alex, I have never heard the description, the benefit. Uh, that you gave with uh, the reaction to stress. That is fascinating. I mean, I've heard different, you know, uh, pros, I'm going to say cons, but uh, benefits of, of practicing yoga. I've never heard that. And that is absolutely fascinating. I, I hope we can make a clip out of that, a, a soundbite or something. The ability to to deal with stress, take it on, breathe through it, and and be and get better and better at dealing with it. I love that. Fascinating. Uh, and by the way, to the listeners out there, Alex is going to share how to get in contact with him and how to follow him. But he mentioned earlier that he had more uh, lean body mass and that, you know, he he's now able to do things, though, from a strength perspective that he couldn't before. I, I did a little I did a little stalking, Alex, and this dude can do some amazing things with his body beyond just how strong he is. It's art. I mean, there's some beautiful pictures out there, Alex, of you and the different, I don't know if they're called poses or transitions, but they're, they're awesome. So well done followers out there. Make sure you check them out. Question for you. And then I'm going to tell you what I think. After you answer this, I'm going to tell you just based on the little bit I've learned, what I think is the answer to this question. And I'm probably wrong because I usually am, but what has been the most rewarding part of your journey thus far? Honestly, the connection that you develop with people, I, the, the interesting thing about transitioning to a more online base is the communication is different, right? Like you can, I don't know how many people are taking the classes that I have online. Um, I know the people that reach out to me um, and say, you know, how much the classes have helped them or what they'd like to see more of. But when you teach a class in person and you see there's a moment where somebody is just struggling and, and you can tell they're having a really tough time. And then just something you say or an adjustment or just being there, knowing that you're there for them, um, changes and alters the way that they're actually in the pose, changes their mindset, changes their breath. And you can, you can actually feel it and you can see it across their face and you can hear it within the breath. That is one of the most beautiful things for me. That's the moments where I'm like, yes, like, and I even... I'm very guilty of saying this out loud when I'm teaching live classes. I'm like, yes, <laughs> or I'll say, okay, try this, try this. Yes, that's it. Because I know that feeling of like, you just uncovered a mechanic of your body that's always been there. And now you just, you realized it and you actualized it. And then that just repeats itself through the entire class. By the time the class is finished and people come out of Shavasana, there's this demeanor, there's this look across their face that's just so calm compared to how they walked in. To me, that's, that's one of the most rewarding things ever. And then to be able to, to facilitate that uh, across the world in different retreat settings and, and lead it in teacher trainings and knowing that I've helped to train teachers who are going to give that experience almost like a force multiplier and, and they'll lead teacher trainings and just 
doing my part to hopefully bring the world a sense of calm and maybe a little more peace and uh, more compassion and, and love in the end towards each other, I think is that's really the most rewarding. <laughs> Here we go again, another ISSA rapid review. Amy had this to say about the ISSA group exercise instructor course. I loved the text material and the videos. It's easy to follow and informative. Awesome, glad you loved it, Amy. Wow, well, well, I was wrong. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, uh, based on what I've heard so far though, what I think is fascinating about what you shared and I alluded to is the ability to deal with stress. And now more than ever, post 2020, uh, with mental health and stress levels, uh, you know, rising significantly, the ability to deal with that that fight or flight, right? The sympathetic nervous system and 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 parasympathetic, and just like people freaking out and how to work through it, breathe through it, think through it, et cetera. I love that that is something that you refine or get better at. And I thought you were going to say ability to deal with stress. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So, Actually, in a way, you're you are 100 right because if you think about what I said, somebody's going through a, it's it's also it's my ability to deal with stress, but it's also sharing that and seeing someone kind of release themselves out of stress, and then even at the end of class, that's that moment where you you know they're in the parasympathetic nervous system. Love yeah. it. So, Alex, you mentioned that you've gone to like retreats and taught all over the world. You got to write a course. For goodness sake, you wrote an entire course. Like, what other opportunities has getting into and teaching yoga afforded you? Like what kind of, what are some other things that you've done? Um, those are, I mean, those are some of the greatest ones. The, the biggest one that I can say, and this is in a pre 2020 COVID world was I was leading two to three teacher trainings every single year. Oh wow! Um, and honestly, it's, maybe it sounds funny, but being a full-time yoga instructor is not an easy thing to do because mm -hmm. of the rates that we get paid and, and because of, you know, how many clients there are and, and, and what have you. But when I made the transition to kind of quit my, uh, my full-time job and become dedicated to yoga, I realized the greatest gift was that I'm just going to steep myself in this practice day in and day out, teaching 20 classes a week while leading teacher trainings. Sounds like a lot of work, but when it's, when you're so present in those moments, it fosters this openness in your mind and this level of clarity. And so it's like almost my job now to be clear-minded and centered. And like, how great is that? <laughs> um, the other opportunities like teaching online has been amazing. Um, yeah, definitely doing workshops and retreats all over the world, mostly South America. I haven't really gone into Europe yet, um, but also getting people to reach out. That's uh, now that I think about us, that's, that's kind of incredible through the power of online and the internet, which I stayed away from for a, a long time. Of course, 2020 put us all into that market in a yeah. much better way. But having somebody reach out from like China and I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing watching my videos? <laughs> and like, right. But that's so great. And you realize that yoga is like this universal language and this universal thing that we can all appreciate, even if the, there's somewhat of a language barrier, people can receive so many of the benefits because it is at the end of the day, an individual personal experience that we're just facilitating. Yeah. And I think speaking of language, that's one of, I think the most unique things about yoga is that the, the poses or the postures are in Sanskrit, right? So no matter what language you speak, you're learning Sanskrit and you're all speaking essentially the same language, right? Which is breathing and the specific Sanskrit language. That's pretty cool. And speaking of the language, uh, 
One of my, I, I had the opportunity to review just a little bit of the course. Now, Jenny, she's what she's one of the, she's putting the car together for you. Okay? Like she <laughs> she and, and, and her team are building this thing. But I saw in there chakras and I'm a country kid and I'm like, oh, those are birds. <laughs> I actually have a picture of one right here. You can't see it, but that, that's a chakra, not a chakra. So can you tell us more about the seven chakras you created? My understanding in a quick Google search is it's kind of an energy center or point. Uh, is that, am I close or can you can you tell us more about? Yeah, that? I just want to pat you on the head. <laughs> you said a Google search. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Uh, there's different ways to look at the chakras. There's, I think, the more philosophical and esoteric way is to understand them as the subtle energy body. Uh, in yoga and in oriental medicine, there is between 72,000 to over 100,000 of what's called nadis or little rivers of energy that flow through us. And so if we think of what the chakras are, if you were to think of it less like maybe rivers and more like streets, right? You've got 72,000 roads some of those roads are two lanes, some of them are one way, but then some of them are main streets that have four lanes on each. And then some of them are freeways. And if you're in LA, you've got six lane freeways that go in both directions. So you've got a total of 12 lanes versus some one way street. So you have some rivers that are much bigger than others. Now, where those things intersect, where those lines of energy uh, compile, where the 10 for my LA people where the 10 meets the 405, which is a major point of congestion, but also a major point of energy flow. Those are the chakras. And we have also between seven, um, we actually have hundreds of chakras, but the major ones that we look at, depending on the the philosophy you follow is going to be between six and 12. Um, Oriental medicine looks towards 12. Traditional yoga philosophy is there six. We've kind of landed at seven. (laughs) And these chakras correlate to different points on your spine and different areas of your body. Um, They also will correlate to different states of awareness. That's kind of what I love about them. How we use them in uh, in the teacher training and in the physical practice is to understand the relationship to the body and how we utilize or engage the body, maybe stimulating from a, a specific chakra. But what you might start to notice, and I hope this is what people begin to take off the mat, is when you begin to observe what you're thinking about, you'll actually, you can can then categorize, wow, my thoughts are, I'm really worried about this new job, or I'm really worried about this new relationship, or I'm worried about um, some of my friends in the last opportunity I had to talk with them, or I'm, I'm thinking about how I haven't been able to speak up or something like that you'll actually be able to take those thoughts and those experiences and go, that's showing me where I am in the chakra system. And we have what's called the lower and the higher chakras where the lower chakras are kind of like Maslow's, uh, Maslow's, no, the hierarchy of needs, where it's like, you want to make sure you're safe. You want to make sure you're fed. You want to make sure that you can help the world procreate and and continue on. Then you want to understand where you lie in it all. What's your identity? Then you have your heart chakra, which is one of the most powerful, located at the center of the chest. That divides the upper and the lower. Above the heart is your throat chakra, which is about uh, speaking your truth, 
your third eye chakra, which is about your intuitive nature to see clearly, and then your crown, which is all about your relationship to the universe, to whatever greater power that you, you think exists, whether it's just like nature's this insane intelligence that's that's going through cycles. So what you find is that depending on what you're thinking about, right? If you're thinking about your next meal, if you're thinking about an injury, if you're thinking about um, something that's blocking creatively, you can tell you're in those lower chakra systems. So yoga gives you a process to help A, identify where your energy might be stuck or blocked, and then B, a way out or a way to reopen those, those yeah. floodgates of energy and, and reopen the 405 and 10 freeway. <laughs> I love that. And that's a great way of thinking about it. Because I feel like a lot of people, Alex, will learn about the chakras and they're just like, oh, I just need to learn about this. Kind of like physics in personal training. Oh, I just need to know physics, right? Well, there's actually a huge application for physics and personal training. There's a huge application for the chakras in yoga. And I think part of the, cl- the course that you put together for us, I'll just give you guys a little sneak peek. He talks a lot about getting to know your students right? Um, the arrival, when they first arrive, like it's getting to know people, talking to people, you know, hearing their, their woes or what they're coming in with. And then you can kind of cater your class around that to help them do what you just said, which is open up those, those chakras and really help release whatever it is that they need to release. So I love that. There's a huge application for that. And we have to ask though, speaking of the positions or the asanas, um, is there a posture in yoga that you feel like everybody should know or like really could benefit from doing everyone? like across the board, but it might be kind of difficult for some people. And what is that? What is that posture? You know, this is going to be a little, this is going to, there's always a world, right? Where we're talking about these different postures and, and the really yogic part of me wants to say the two most important are really sit like an easy seated pose and Shavasana. That's what I was going to say. Shavasana. Yeah. Ultimate, and and that can sound easy, but actually when you go to do it, you'll find it's quite difficult. And if you can master Shavasana, you are going to upregulate your ability to restore your body when you sleep at night. There's literally a practice called Yoga Nidra, which if we just look at it from afar, somebody lays in Shavasana as another person just kind of talks to them and guides them through how to relax every single muscle of the body. Um, going back to something that Dan mentioned about the nervous system, yoga really is an energetic practice that expresses in the physical body. It is a practice in the relationship to the nervous system because the muscle that feels tight, quote unquote, what's really happening is your nervous system is firing. If you're trying to lengthen your bicep, your nervous system is actually firing your bicep muscle to prevent you from experiencing the full range. So what yoga is actually doing from a physical perspective is strengthening maybe the tricep to open the bicep, but it's also reconditioning your relationship to your bicep to tell it, hey, I know we don't normally go into this range, but it's okay. I've got you. Let's soften up. So I love this kind of two-part practice where half the practice is really how do I wake up my body? Uh, You said you saw some of the crazy poses I can do. How do I engage every muscle to work together so that I can form some of those more intense postures? And then the exact opposite, how do I then go in and Shavasana and realize some of those muscles are staying engaged unconsciously? When I'm resting on my mat, when I'm sitting, maybe I'm just tense in my shoulders. Yoga is going to help develop your awareness to see where are you wasting energy in unnecessary tension and contraction? 
by letting that go, you're going to feel a lot more energy flow into your body throughout the day. So you become this kind of accountant of realizing where's your, where's your yoga kind of, or where's your energy expending itself needlessly? And where could you actually put more energy to feel more supported? Here, here. Yes. As a bodybuilder, when I practice, I practice almost every week, Alex, I'm getting more consistent. And that's the key to yoga consistency um, every Sunday. Um, but yeah, the, everything's on, you know, your flow is on one side of your body, right? But then you always have to go back and do it again. And if you have a good teacher, you're like, oh God, we got to do this again. <laughs> right. But usually one side is going to be tighter than the other, or, you know, one side of your body, when you do the same posture, you're going to be like, nope, it's not there. But if you didn't do that, if you didn't do that sequence and go through that, you might not have identified that. Exactly. Um, so I think I love yoga for helping me identify weaknesses. And the instructors that I've had have been phenomenal. And they recognize, oh, she has a weakness right here. And they'll come over while they're coaching everyone else and then give you those physical cues and help you get into whatever expression works best for your body to help you challenge yourself a little bit. So yeah, I love that. And hats off to instructors like you, Alex. Again, phenomenal instructor. Um, even just from what I've seen from the yoga, speaking with you, um, like you, you absolutely know what you're talking about and you have this amazing energy and aura about you. Um, it's amazing to be around. It's really cool to be around and like just watching you, you guys can't see him, but he has been sitting up bone straight the entire time. And it makes me really think about my posture because I feel like I'm self <laughs> I did the same thing when he was talking about, yeah, I'm like, Whoa. Whoa. Just move up real quick. <laughs> oh. yeah, I'm moving around in my chair and I, my rhomboids have been firing up a lot lately and bothering me. And my wife's like, well, think about how you sit all day. You know, and yeah. I go, no, I sit fine. Then, then Alex says that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> good. Let me sit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama's right. And speaking of mama, uh, my when I was a kid, the way my mom taught us to fall asleep, I think she was onto something here. Based on what you shared, is she would have us talk each body part to sleep, starting with our toes. Oh, and cool. it would be toes go to sleep, feet go to sleep, and we weren't. And I cannot remember ever actually getting all the way up to the top of the head because we'd be out by then. Um, Ooh, I try that. Yeah, yeah. It worked really well. Yeah. Love it. Good stuff. Well, Alex, speaking of, how can our listeners find you? How can we follow you, your practice, your teachings, all the things that you're getting into? Well, I simplified all my Instagram handles. So if you want to practice with Alex, <laughs> you just type in practice with Alex on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, practice with Alex as well. Um, and then, of course, to the ISS, the teacher training. Um, I'm based out of Santa Monica, California. So if you're ever in town, reach out to me on Instagram. I'd love to see you in a, in a live person class as well. Um, and uh, my website, alexartumiak.com, which will hopefully soon come practice with alex.com. But nice. Appreciate Very it. cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight, your story, all of the beautiful things that you've been through with us, Alex. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I, I, honestly, I'm. I'm blown away, Dan, that your mom taught you that. But at the same time, it's like, that's the thing about yoga is I, one thing I want to leave our listeners with is that yoga doesn't give you anything new. It just makes you aware of what already existed in a much deeper way. And Ooh. it's all there. It's just all there waiting for you to just kind of pull back the curtain and, and discover it. And I hope that that's a journey that everyone gets to take. And if any way that I can help facilitate that experience, I'm happy to do so. I love that. Yeah, I have nothing left to say after that. <laughs> wow. Love so, Jenny, you usually ask me for my parting thoughts here. Yes. And uh, I, I got to say, this is going to be a little bit different with Mr. Artimiak. <laughs> uh, you are a phenomenal speaker, Alex. Yeah. 
And uh, you have um, shared with our listeners, with me, aspects of the practice of yoga that I absolutely never knew or heard and really appreciate. So I, I just want to say thank you. That was brilliant. Thanks for having yes. me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alex. And you guys, if you have any interest in getting certified or teaching yoga, um, check out the Yoga 200 course. It's an amazing course. Alex, again, all up and through it. Um, he'll impart much, much more wisdom than he did in these 30 minutes. Um, great opportunity to expand, um, regardless of where you see yourself. Um, great opportunity. So thank you again, Alex. Um, thank you, Dan. It's always fun. <laughs> and to always our good. I know. To our listeners, we always encourage you guys, go out there, be fruitful, do all the things, get certified in yoga, and of course, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.